You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. We have a regular on the show this evening with us, Mr. Kevin Avery, owner and co-founder of the Four Man Rush. Kevin, last time we had you on, the Panthers season ended. Matt Rule was still the coach of the team, decided to stick with them. We had a whole long, I think it was like a two and a half hour episode with you and a couple other guys but just wanted to get you back on here. It's been a couple months. A couple of things have happened since then. How you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing good. It's always good to come on here and, you know, chop it up with you fellas. Definitely uh, definitely enjoy following you guys on, on Twitter and um, checking out your show. So glad to have a revolving door opening. Yes, sir. Bryson, how you doing tonight? Good. Just uh, excited to talk about some of these free agent signings, man, and um, you know, just talk about other things that might happen in the in the future and, and coming up in the draft. So good night. Good night to talk about football. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. Um, why don't we start with the pro days? Because those have happened over the last couple of days here. Um, we had Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, and then the most recently today, Matt Corral. Um, just kind of want to get a sense of what you guys saw from them in the pro days. What What's your what do you think of them just watching some of their college um, tape and what, what sense you got uh, for Carolina with them as well? So let's just start there. Um, we can just go down the list. What, what were our thoughts on Kenny Pickett? We'll start with him. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think pro days are, you know, really you take it with a grain of salt because not a lot of players have bad pro days. So uh, I thought Kenny Pickett looked good. Um, which everybody expected him to. Uh, it looked like the ball came out with, you know, velocity. He threw the ball deep. Um, you know, there are, are always the people that say, like, oh, the wide receiver slowed down, the wide receiver did this or whatever. But uh, I, I thought Jimmy Garoppolo – oh, my gosh. I, I, I got Jimmy Garoppolo in my mind. Uh, we were talking about him before oh we hopped on here, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, I thought Kenny Pickett looked good, uh, way better than Jimmy Garoppolo does. And, um, you know, I, I think that – if if I had to pick right now the favorite for Carolina, um, I think Kenny Pickett is is the guy. Um, I know that you know the whole entire, pretty much the Panthers organization was there at pro day, uh, and and Matt Rule has connections with with Kenny and um, even David Tepper does. And we can kind of keep it open. You can talk about Malik Willis if you want to and stuff. Sorry, I didn't mean to just keep it to Pickett. No, um, you're good. Yeah, and uh, Malik Willis looked. Great as well. Um, showed a lot of personality, not just his arm. Um, you know, he's he's got the best arm in the draft, in my opinion, uh, and the highest ceiling. Uh, he's my favorite quarterback in the draft, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's to be seen if he's Carolina Panthers' favorite quarterback. Uh, I know our, our new offensive coordinator has a really good track record uh, with quarterbacks. I think he's batting like a 1,000 right now on, on calling quarterbacks uh, coming out of the draft. So uh, I'd, I'd like to know what he thinks, you know, of the class, but obviously we won't know until after the draft. So, um, Malik is, is my favorite. And then I'd say Kenny's probably my second. And then Corral today. Um, I thought, you know, he actually, if anybody has had a bad 
pro day, um, I would say Corral kind of um, had a couple balls where it looked like they were short and um, inaccurate. Uh, you know, I know he's coming off of an injury. He's probably still biting through some things with that. But uh, I think Corral is probably more of like a second or third round pick and Pickett and Willis, in my opinion, aren't getting outside the top 10. So um, that that's pretty much where I sit as of right now. With That's interesting. That's that's interesting. Knocking out of the top 10, which I I tend to agree with you on that. I feel like every year, no matter how bad people say this class is, the quarterbacks by the draft day find a way to sneak up into those top 10, 15 picks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kevin, let's go to you. If I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I know you're a Willis guy. What do mm-hmm. you like? What do you like from Malik over a guy like Kenny? Um, for me, I think that of all the quarterbacks, I think that Malik Willis has the most NFL ready elite traits. You know, I know a lot of people want to bring up, you know, the uh um, you know, specifically, you know, the record and what happened in the games at Liberty. And I get all of that, you know, but in the NFL, you're not going to have a one read offense. You know what I'm saying? Um, you're not going to have where your routes are primarily outside the scenes because, you know, a lot of people have been, um, I'm not, I'm not, there's some anti Willis out there, but it's, you have some that want to point out the fact that, uh, he didn't really do a lot of throws in, in between the hashes, in between the seams. Um, now, was that inability on him or was that by coaching and design, you know, with the type of offense that it ran at Liberty? But far as me, um, you know, I, I he reminds me a lot of current Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Because when you look at Josh Allen's 2017 draft profile and read it besides what they just wrote for about Malik Willis, it's nearly identical. Um, you know, and uh, I just like the fact that that even though he's not, quote, ready from day one, he will be the classic case of sit a year. Um, I made a tweet earlier today. I was like, look, if you're, if you're hungry and you're ready to eat now, go to the drive through and get you a candy picket and start eating. But if you can hold off for that Sunday dinner coming from the crock pot, get you a Kenny Willis. And that's the bet. I mean, get a um, a Malik Willis. Sorry, I'm, co- I'm combining the two. But yeah, get you a Malik, get you a Malik Willis. You know, um, and and that's how I feel now. The thing is, with Matt Rule on the hot seat coming in third year, with drafting a guy like Willis, give him. You know, is that something he's willing to do, knowing that he needs time to develop, or is he going to go with the guy like Kenny Pickett, who seems to be ideal fit for the type of West Coast offense that Ben McAdoo has traditionally ran, you know, the Panthers offensive coordinator. Now the Panthers have, you know, Matt Rule did say that he wanted the Panthers to be a power running team. And, you know, even though Kenny Pickett is mobile, but, you know, if you're going to invoke all phases of the running plays, a quarterback like Malik Willis would definitely add, uh, add a, a running dimension to that, even though he is a quarterback that looks to pass before running, but he definitely shows more ability to be a, um, a running threat, maybe not on the dynamic levels as a say Cam Newton was when he came out of college from Auburn, but you can definitely, um, there was definitely several games where he had, you know, 10, 12, 15 carries um, that were, you know, actually quite successful. You know, Kevin, I like what you said there. I think we combine the two Kenny Willis, you take Kenny's processing and uh, Willis's elite running ability and arm, and I mean, we got a perfect quarterback here. 
Well, actually, if you combine the two, I think you actually come up with Corral, to be honest with you. Interesting. Tell us about because, Corral. Yeah, because with his pro day today, you know, and I was watching that, uh, you know, I, you know, you'll have some people that, you know, say something about his size or he's smallish and things like that. But I mean, we got Hall of Famers like Russell Wilson, uh, who was who's what they say six feet, but they say in reality he's more like five eleven. Drew Brees six. I mean, you know, the the traditional Peyton Manning six five two quarter. What that's that's not the that's that's just one style of body style for quarterbacks that that can be successful. You know, I know that's what you know the prototype is, but um, but yeah, with Corral, um, I like I like the fact that he combines going through his reads. Uh, he definitely has good footwork. Uh, one thing I like about him is his pocket mobility. Even though he has a lot of athleticism, he he uses that as a last resort. His ability to step up, slide, feel pressure without taking his eyes off the field is something that that is that is elite. Um, and his ability to, to not stare down and keep the safeties in the middle of the field, that's something that he does good as well. So with a guy like Corral, if the Panthers were in a position where things didn't fall right and they may want to trade down to pick up a few extra picks that they uh, on day two and still get a quarterback, then a guy like, you know, Corral would come more into play. So, um yeah, that's that's just my assessment on the uh, um, with Malik Willis and um, Kenny Pickett and uh, Corral from based on their pro days. You you know who I, who I think is is the Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis combination as a quarterback that was in last year's draft. And oh, Justin here Fields. we go. <laughs> no, that's I, who I think. That's who I think the combination is. Um, you know, with the day one ready to play and the arm talent and the run ability. Um, Justin Fields was was the prospect there, and he he was there for us uh, for the taking. But um, you know that that's water under the bridge at this point, <laughs> right? But going back to Corral, I I don't know much on him. I I watched I think one game of his, and then I saw the highlights of today's pro day. Um, but just just looking at the stat sheet, the one thing I and reading some other reports is his turnovers. He had I think fourteen interceptions. In 2020, he cleaned that up this year. I want to know what the what was the difference between this past year and the year before because he went from 14 interceptions down to five. Um, that was a little concern for me. Again, I don't, I didn't see a lot of him. I watched majority. I think I watched five or six games of Pickett's, five or six games of Wills. Um, I, I think Willis has. A, you guys mentioned a lot of this already, but I think he's. He's got a elite capabilities, elite throw on the run. Go watch the Virginia Tech game. We've seen the highlights on Twitter where he spins around in the backfield and throwing off, uh, throwing off, uh, rolling to the right. I mean, just incredible throw. Um, and then Pickett, you got a guy who's um, – I've said this before to Bryson. I feel like he's a Mac Jones but more mobile. Um, and I liked Mac Jones and I love, I like Kenny Pickett as well. I think either guy Willis or Pickett are great options for Carolina. I won't be upset with either. I think I have a hard time thinking Willis is going to be there at six. I really think someone's going to trade up to get him. Um, and I know people are, that sounds crazy. A lot of people trade up what for one of these quarterbacks, but I really think what he has shown from, the senior bowl to the combine 
to now at his pro day, there is a lot to like there. And it's, it's not just the QB play. It's the shit off the field. It's him giving the stuff to the homeless guy. It's his personality at his pro day. You didn't really get that from Kenny Pickett. Uh, Willis looked loose. You could tell um, he was really in control of things and having fun with it, which was good to see. But I like both guys. Um, Curtis, I, I got a question for you. What is, I, uh, I personally what? would like Carolina to take Kenny Pickett. I, I would. That's okay, kind of um, where I'm at. Uh, I, I just got a question. You, you mentioned Mac Jones. What what was uh, Mac Jones' hand size last year? <laughs> I don't know what his hand size was. Do you know? <laughs> no, I, I'm just messing around just because you, <laughs> you call him this year's Mac Jones. So. Well, processing wise, yeah, he, yeah. Uh, Kenny Pickett is got. He can go through his reads. You didn't. You don't see a lot of that from Willis. It's not saying he can't do it. Willis was more of a one read guy, and then he took off and ran. That's what I've gathered from Willis looking at his stuff. If if I'm wrong on that. We'll see. We'll see. Come. We'll see. Come a couple of years. But um, again, I think that's coachable as well. That's why I honestly wouldn't be mad if they went either route. Uh, I just think Pickett is the one. I think Daniel Jeremiah put it this way: He's not the best thrower, but he's the best quarterback in this draft. Um, in this draft class, and I I tend to agree with that. Um, and we can argue all day about this. Kevin, you have any thoughts on that? Any rebuttals? Um, not too much. Uh, I think he was asking what was the difference, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, isn't Lane Kiffin now the coach at um, Ole Miss? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, so I think him coming in, I think that was one of the biggest differences with uh, the interceptions coming down was the type of offense that um, Lane fair. Kiffin uh, put in mm-hmm. uh, for him. So that I'm glad that you brought that up because that shows that when you take a player and his traits and put him in a right system that that allows his natural abilities to come out, then you'll get a you'll get a more productive, effective quarterback. So do you um, think that that's a great question? Do you think Malik Willis is a Ben McAdoo guy then? I guess. Based on his love um for like you said, his analysis on quarterbacks and he hasn't been wrong because he was very high on Josh Allen. Um mm-hmm. Ben McAdoo was. So um and and again that's pretty much the comp that I uh, feel the strongest to attach Malik Willis to, you know, if you want to call him, you know, Josh, you know, Josh Allen um, with Mellon, however you want to put it. I mean, you know, say it how you want it. But I, I definitely uh, I definitely think he fits that prototype because, uh, you know, and then Josh Allen's first year as a pro was he was only like 56 percent. Yeah. You know, things like that. But once the front office, you know, added like four offensive linemen, traded for Stefan Diggs and, you know, just – you know, put a system in play for him. I mean, then we've seen the difference in the last two years of his play. And then, you know, he cashed in this offseason with like a, what was his contract? Like $250 million or something like that. So yeah, big time, um, big time contract. So yeah, because I, yeah. So, so for me, that's, that's what I think. Like I said, if you can wait a little bit, I think that Willis can be the best out of this class. But if you, if that time is not afforded you, then I can see why you would go for Pickett. So, Kevin, it, it kind of sounds like that you're pretty high on Corral. So, like, where, where do you have him in regards to Pickett and Willis in your rankings? I'm going to be honest. I was kind of late to the Corral party, um, you know, because in the four-man rush, uh, you know, we got guys like Panthers Den, Coach V. Holmes, and, uh, you know, Will Harris, like all them guys, those, they, they really dig deep into the skill players. You know mm-hmm. me, I'm a trench guy, so – 
you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm catching on later, you know, uh, to it. But w- what I really liked about what really stood out to me was uh, far as pure arm talent. Now, when I say arm talent, mean making all the throws with consistency. Uh, Corral can make a case for that. Now, we've talked about uh, Malik Willis deep ball and we talked about, you know, Pickett's ability to, you know, throw all the types uh, of balls. But if you're looking at just pure arm talent to make any throw anywhere on the field, Corral can definitely have a case for being the, the best out of this class. Now, as you see with my jersey, with my bias, UNC ain't had theirs yet. So um, <laughs> the word is that Sam Howard actually has the best deep ball out of this class. Now, between him and uh, Malik Willis, you probably can go toe to toe with 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 either of them. So I, I definitely you know want to see how uh, Sam Howard does when it's when it's um when it's his time to you know do a pro day. But uh, but yeah, uh, that's what that's what I think about um, Corral. Okay. So it would be Malik Willis. That's just my personal bias as uh, as to fit. But again, with Ben McAdoo running the West Coast, Kenny Pickett is more ready to. Uh, be that rookie that could, you know, put up solid numbers from the jump yeah. with this offense. So. Let's dive deeper into arm talent because you hear it all the time. This guy's got the best arm. Does it matter that a guy can throw 70 yards? I'm just, this is just a question for all of us. Like, really, does does it really matter that a guy can throw 70 yards or is it more about can a guy process a playbook? Can a guy process a defense and make the throws and make the right reads? That you don't, I mean, how many times in a game are you throwing 70 yards? Let, let, let's be real here. Like, does, does it really matter that a guy can sling the damn ball 70 yards? I, you know, I, I think obviously it matters, you know, how a, a guy can process on the field and process the playbook and stuff like that. Um, I think that's probably the most important thing. But I think, in my opinion, it does matter if, if a quarterback can throw it that far because I think the 49ers would have won a Super Bowl if Jimmy Garoppolo could have hit Emmanuel Sanders in the back of the end zone on that deep pass. So, um, it, you're not throwing that, that ball, you know, 20 times a game, but your quarterback needs to hit that throw when it's there. And that one throw when it matters. That's yeah, that's exactly. Point. So <laughs> I, I think that it does matter. Um, and I think most of these quarterbacks that we've talked about can do that. So, um, obviously I think Malik Willis is probably the best of the group, but I think that all, all these quarterbacks have the capabilities to do that. Yeah. And when you talk about arm talent, um, I think it goes more than just, how deep you throw, you know, what type of touch, you know, mm-hmm. are you going to throw, you know, sometimes you need that fastball, but then sometimes you need to throw that change up, you know, to use baseball terms. Yeah. Um, you know, touch passes mean a lot. You know, you don't need a uh, a heater on a five-yard slant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and um, and you definitely don't want to float, you know, a post-corner route either for that safety to come over the top and pick it off. So, uh, so it's a combination of not only how far you throw it, but – the type of touch you put on the pass, which I think is the area that uh, Malik Willis uh, needs to work on. It is coachable, but it is something that I definitely think uh, he needs to work on is uh, knowing when to throw the fastball, when to throw the changeup. Yeah, that was something uh, Cam something- I felt like struggled with. I mean, he was always throwing heaters. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you had oh, a yeah. five yard out to a running back, and it was like a freaking bullet coming in there. <laughs> so- yeah, and I, I, I hear you. you know, I I think the. Uh, I just want to leave it with with this on on the situation. I think that it would be best for Malik Willis not to come to Carolina, um, and I think it would be best for Kenny Pickett to come to Carolina. I think that the fit is just better because, obviously, um, like Kevin mentioned earlier, Matt Rule's on the hot seat. No fan wants to see Sam Darnold step on that field again and be our starting quarterback. 
So if we have to another year of Sam Darnold at quarterback and, and Malik Willis sitting behind him, you know, that could ca- ca- uh, cost Matt Rule his job. And I don't think that he's really willing to go through that. So I think that Pickett is probably the pick at six, um, in my opinion, as of right now. But I think that if Malik can go somewhere like uh, another team that's been mentioned as um, extremely interested in him is uh, the Steelers. If he can go to the Steelers and sit behind uh, Trubisky, I guess, um, for uh, a year or two. Uh, and then I think that, you know, with that coaching staff and, and the way that they develop players in general, um, that would probably be best for Malik. So uh, as it sits right now, I think that pick is the pick at six. Malik is my favorite. I think Malik will end up being the best quarterback out of this draft. But for Carolina, I think that Pickett is probably the best pick. And it's funny that you said that about the Steelers because um, I had a scenario um, that I tweeted about, you know, the Giants have the fifth and the seventh pick. They got the pick before us and they got the pick after us. Mm. They could be in a position where teams who, because they think we're so quarterback needed, they want to jump ahead. Because I don't know if you guys heard, uh, the Detroit Lions have also shown an interest in uh, possibly taking Malik Willis with their number two overall pick. So let's just say, and true Detroit, Detroit style, let's say that they do do that at number two. Okay, then what? Yeah. You know, it, you know, then then um, you know, for Carolina, okay, what do you do? You know, you uh, tackle. But, that's what's going to happen, I think. If that's what, right? Yeah. No, what? No, no matter what, if Carolina do any trading, it should be down. It should never be up. Like, yeah. Let one of the tackles because if a Evan Neal, who I could say what two months ago, no one thought we could possibly even draft him, but thanks to the Jaguars putting the franchise tag on Cam Robinson, which shot me that's at tackle. I'm like, oh, so they're going to keep, you know, that kind of made it interesting. And then with the defense and pass rushes going on, that's going to cause a domino effect. So I think at six, we're in a perfect position to get a franchise player, whether it's at quarterback or whether it's at, um, whether it's at tackle, but I could see the Giants, uh, being the ideal spot where a team may want to jump in front of us and try to grab whatever quarterback is there, whether it's both uh, Willis or Pickett, or let's say Willis is gone and they like Pickett because, you know, right behind us is some quarterback needy teams, Atlanta mm-hmm. at eight, uh, Seattle at nine. No, they're not trying to do with Drew, um, with Drew Locke and um, Geno, Geno Smith. Geno Smith. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and even though the Redskins, uh, they traded for uh, um, Wentz, but, you know, who, who, who knows, you know, so yeah. it's, um, and, uh, I think, uh, yeah. So just, just with that alone, I, I just think that, uh, don't be surprised if some team don't try to trade up to that number five spot. The giants get some more pits because they only have $2.1 million in salary cap. That's why we haven't heard a lot of signings by the giants. They're like, like get them and left them like in bad shape. So if they can, you know, acquire players via the draft, um, here, I think that fifth pit would be an ideal spot for a team trying to trade up to grab a quarterback. That's a good point. Talking about trading up, I got to bring this up, and I'm sure someone's going to say you're crazy. But who's to say Carolina doesn't trade up? Now, hear me out. They they offered three picks for Deshaun Watson, three first-rounders, reportedly. So if they like one of these guys – a lot and they need a franchise quarterback who's to say they don't use some of those picks that were offering get willing to give up for Deshaun Watson to go get their guy at QB I feel very comfortable saying that there is like a negative 10 percent chance that Carolina trades up they you know it's it's different when you're talking about a top five quarterback in the NFL that can be your franchise quarterback for a proven top five quarterback um, that you know you can have for the next decade but 
Uh, I think Carolina knows where they are and that they need their picks and that they're already struggling this this year with picks in the draft. So I, I, I don't think that it's very likely at all that Carolina trades up. And I think it's way more likely that they trade down. Um, but I think it's most likely that they stay at six. So um, I, I really don't see that as a scenario. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, Deshaun Watson's resume warrants three first-round picks. Mm-hmm. You know, not I mean, think about the 49ers. They traded three first-round picks, and Trey Lance hardly saw the field last year. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that, you know, he's probably, you can make an argument, probably more talented than, uh, you know, skill-wise. Just, just as talented, if not a little bit more than both Willis and Pickett, if he was coming into the draft this year. Uh, with Trey Lance based on, you know, the work he did at North Dakota State. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, zero chance the uh, Panthers trade up. All right. That, that's fair. That's fair. I just wanted to float it out there because I saw it online. Well, let's get to the current QB. We're going to keep this QB train going. The current QB situation in the NFC South right now because, man, Tom Brady is licking his chops. You got the Bucs with Tom Brady. You got the Falcons with Marcus Mariota. You got the Saints with Jameis Winston. And as it stands right now, which it probably won't stand that way week one, Panthers with Sam Darnold as their starting quarterback. There's options. They're minimal, but there's options. You got Garoppolo still out there. You got Minshew out there. You could re-sign Cam Newton, or they could go the rookie quarterback or a combination of one of those. What do you guys like out of those four options? Um, Again, Garoppolo, Minshew, Newton, rookie QB, or a combination of any one of those. Or Baker, um, even though that, you know, there's been reports of mutual disinterest. That's window, I think. (laughs) But, uh, uh, in my opinion, I think that um, <clears throat> signing Cam Newton, obviously I'm biased, but signing Cam Newton and drafting a rookie is probably the best thing that they could do um, for this upcoming season. I think that in that scenario, if Carolina were to sign um, Cam Newton, then I think drafting Malik Willis at six would be perfect. And you, you let Cam roll through the season, get, give him time with a, with a new playbook and a new offense and to mesh with his teammates and see what happens throughout the season and then let Malik learn from his hero growing up. Um, I mean, I, I really don't really see how his career could start off on a better foot than learning from Cam Newton. Um, I mean, there are similar quarterbacks, uh, you know, Malik has history with Cam. So that would be my dream scenario uh, in, in a perfect world, but I don't, I don't know what Cam's doing. Um, and I think I've seen rumblings that, Cam might prefer to be a father this offseason and, and not play in the NFL. So, um, and then the, I've seen reports that uh, Cam's had, you know, multiple offers from different teams. Uh, I think Sheena mentioned that. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I, I think it's likely that the Panthers go with Kenny Pickett and Sam Darnold. Those would be the two quarterbacks on the roster next season. And Kenny Pickett starts week one and Sam Darnold's a backup. But in, in a perfect world for me, it would be Cam Newton and Malik Willis. Kevin, you got options here. Garoppolo, Minshew, Newton. I mean, they're not the greatest. <laughs> and a rookie QB with a combination of any one of those. What what do you what do you like and what do you think is gonna what do you think is gonna happen with this team? Well, for me, I'm I don't want to spend any more draft capital, you know, putting money down this quarterback carousel that we've been on. Um, so first of all, Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna be coming off. Uh, shoulder tear surgery. We've seen this before, you know. Uh, 
obviously, you know, with Cam back in 2017, 2018, um, as far as well, it was shoulder in 2017 after, um, after, you know, Kelvin Benjamin didn't uh, chase down the charger that intercepted the ball in, back in December 2016. That's what tore Cam's uh, rotator cuff. He had to have the surgery. Uh, but for me, so that's why I'm against Garoppolo. Minshew, I'm kind of, if we did have to trade for what he would be the one that I would have, I could tolerate getting Minshew cheap, um, you know, has that little, you know, it factor, um, you know, still young, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't, has he even finished out his rookie contract yet? I'm not even, you know, I'm not even sure. Uh, but again, he's he would be like my plan C, though. Um, Donna is just a hell no. Um, <laughs> you know, only thing playing Sam Donna would do is likely ensure that we'll be a top three team in the next draft, which I don't think they with, with the moves that we made this offseason. Um, I, I don't want to waste this channel because we got so many good players on a one year deal, and I, I it wouldn't be fair to them to let Sam Donald just you know kill that joy for them. Yeah. So for me, I, I hate to piggyback but i'm just going to say the same thing um you know you may want to call it bias but i mean think about it cam newton wants to be here when cam newton has had a full healthy offseason and training you know he's he's done well i mean he went from daddy daycare to starter in two weeks last year and i know a lot of people want to bring up you know the fact oh but we lost every game that he started at quarterback at i mean the team was already losing before he got here which is why they went and got him in the first place mm-hmm. you know so um so for me, you give a you give me a motivated, healthy, focused Cam Newton that has time to get tr- um, chemistry down with the players that we now got. I like his odds to go into this training camp battle uh, to come out and be the starter. Personally, I would say maybe give him a two year deal, maybe one year with an option the second year, um, just you know to provide some financial security, you know for that bridge type um, bridge type thing. And um, like you know like what Bryson said. Um, you know, with Malik Willis, I mean, you know, they got pictures together. I mean, Malik Willis started out at Auburn because he wanted to be like Cam. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it would just be the uh, ideal ideal scenario if it uh fell through uh, fell through that way. Plus, with that, I mean, let's look at it from a business point of view. That will put seats in the stands at Bank of America. Mm-hmm. So we have an absolutely brutal schedule. When you know coming up, I, I don't know if y'all ever on previous shows went over that in depth, but uh, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a rough one. So, it's a but if we get everybody healthy, a healthy CMC, and and get everything back in order, I mean, a Cam Newton, Malik Willis, Sam Donna holding the clipboard, and I mean, uh, <laughs> let's not forget they still got PJ Walker. I mean, do we just put him on the practice squad just in case? Because, you know, he was the first person signed after the year was over. He got his one-year deal, like, a week after the season was over. I'm like, well, damn, you just you just automatically get and a what spot. what is P.J.? P.J. is, what, 2-0 and o as a starter? Isn't he? 2-0, and 2-1, and one, something like that? He He's actually 2-0 and o with more interceptions to touchdowns. That's that's the crazy part. <laughs> he gets the W. You know, that's that's all matters, so, but that's man. What, but, and just to bring it up, that's my thing. I know people want to associate wins and losses with quarterbacks, but – you got to put that down as a team, as a team thing, instead of putting it on quarterbacks. I've seen people try to use win loss with McCaffrey and stuff like that because how many times has a quarterback thrown for four hundred yards, four touchdowns, and lost? Yeah. And we don't see a quarterback throw ninety yards, two interceptions, and they win. 
Like, did the quarterback really lose the game? Did the quarterback really win the game? You know what I'm saying? So it, yeah. But I know I, I just know that's how Pete. That's We're just having fun with it, my- Gavin. Don't be don't be putting us down, damn it. Well, and, and one more thing, just to add on Cam, this would be the most talented roster that he's ever been on. I think if if Cam Newton signed with the Carolina Panthers, uh, the the offensive line improvements they made in the offseason, um, even if they you know roll with Christians in that left tackle, this would be the best offensive line that he's been behind in Carolina. Um, you know, with a healthy DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and Robbie Anderson. You know, Terrace Marshall Jr. in the defense, um, they're making improvements with some losses that they had. I think that this would be the best roster that he's, he's had in Carolina. So, um, you know, we'll, I, I think he's earned that chance as, as a Carolina Panther fan and as somebody that respects him, I think he's earned that chance. Going off of I'll, – I'll jump in here on the QBs just to run down the list. Garoppolo, Bryson and I talked about this before the episode. Uh, the only way I'm fine with Garoppolo, and I wasn't fine with Garoppolo three weeks ago, um, is if he did a straight-up trade for Sam Darnold. Um, I would be all right with that. I wouldn't. I that wouldn't be too bad for me. Minshew, I don't. I'm not a fan of Minshew. I never was, never will be. Um, I, I reality, I'm going to piggyback and Bryce. I think it. I think it could be, you know, the Kenny Pickett, Sam Darnold combo. I think Newton's a possibility if they bring back Malik Willis. Or, I mean, if they draft Malik Willis, a real, a strong possibility, I would say. It looks like Cam Newton um, had some sort of offer from Carolina from the way Sheena Quick was hinting at it um, from her time on TV. I think it was like last week or so. So just something to keep an eye on. I think if Newton's got an offer with a couple of teams and uh, the teams are comparable to the competitiveness and how good that team is at Carolina, I think he's going to take Carolina over anyone, obviously. Um, but we'll see. I think I think that's where it's at. Let's go. Let's get off the QBs now. Hey, well, real quick, before you go there, I will share with you because, you know, I got two sources that work in the front office for the team as well. We just – we just, you know, keep it on. Uh, the team that showed Cam the most interest is Seattle. Um, they obviously, after they made the trade, um, you know, here to bring in, you know, quarterback uh, competition for Drew Luck. Uh, I'm keep saying Luck, Lock, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, that seems to be the team that uh, has showed the strongest interest out of all the teams interesting Cam. Uh, Cam is just waiting. As Fitter said, they was up front with Cam, letting know the situation. Um, the scenario is if Cam feels like that we are putting enough pieces together to be competitive and winning, then he wants to be a part of that. But if we're just out there to be out there, he doesn't want to be a part of that. As much as he loves Carolina, you know, and calls Carolina home, um, he wants to be a part of something that's trying to be a, a winning situation. So with these moves so far in free agency, I definitely see them as, as winning. It's just a matter of if Matt Rule is going to, adjust his philosophies after all this is the guy that didn't even have Rashawn Slater a pro bowl rookie left tackle on his draft board because he felt like his arms were too short <laughs> so yeah but uh <laughs> I just had to, I just had to say that because you know about the uh with the whole QB thing I know we're moving on but had to drop that little gem on you there you Thank go you. I like that I appreciate that do we want to discuss Watson I, I I know we went into that last week I didn't know if we wanted to discuss that at all before. All right, we'll move on. That's enough of that. All right. (laughs) 
Well, let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. We brought him up a little bit here. There's some news there. The Panthers restructured him, pretty much locking up him staying with the team and no trade happening. It frees up $5.5 million in cap space. Bryson, I feel like I know how you feel about this, but what are your thoughts? <laughs> God, how bad has that contract been for Carolina? It has been awful. But, uh, you know, it, it was hard to move him in the first place with the dead cap that he had already had. So the restructure, I guess, just adds to that. Um, you know, might as well free up cap space if you are trying to make moves to entice Cam Newton to come back or just improve your team in general. Um you know, it, I guess it makes sense then. Um, he just has to stay healthy, and I think, you know, that's obvious, but it's been two seasons, and um, he hasn't been on the field really at all. And this team needs him. Last season, the offense was Christian McCaffrey, and we saw how bad they struggled without him on the field. So um, we'll see what happens this upcoming season. I like that addition of Dante Foreman as, as the uh, running back two. Um, and then hopefully Chuba Hubbard's filling up water bottles on the sideline because I don't want to see him on the field at all. But, uh, you know, if Christian stays healthy, then obviously the contract looks a little better, but paying a running back $16 million a year on average is, has never, ever, ever been smart for any organization ever. Um, uh, you know, set, resetting the market on a running back contract. So I, uh, I would have preferred for them not to pay him even when they did, um, coming off of those great seasons he had. But uh, I, I think he's an important piece of this team. I, I think that's undeniable. And hopefully he can have a healthy season and, and shut me up and make me look stupid. But um, as it sits right now, you know, I, I'm i just an upset fan, I guess, really. <laughs> All right. Well, Bryce, because I like you, let me put you up on game because I got the breakdown of McCaffrey's contract right here. I'm going to drop some numbers here if you're going to be open-minded. May take some of that bitterness out of you here. So check this out. Uh, if you had to take you talking about the $16 million, what would you say Chris McCaffrey base salary was in 2020? Um, I, I, I'm not exactly sure on the numbers, but I, I, I would just guess that it was 16 million unless the restructure changed that. No, nah, cause here's the thing, his restructure, his four year extension that he signed, that doesn't start till 2022 this year, because when he signed after his third season, he was still on his rookie contract. It was just an extension. So in 2020, he played on his fourth year. 2021, when he got into the game, he played on his fifth-year extension. Now in 2022, the extension finally starts. You know, so for people that's, you know, saying about his contract, like, for example, his base salary in 2020 was only $825,000. In 2021, his base salary was only $990,000. Last year, his base salary was only a million and thirty-five thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? So okay. when people saying McCaffrey is contract restructure, is, is I mean, obviously everybody doesn't put in the time to study the salary cap, and I don't knock anybody or try to you know belittle anybody that doesn't. You know, hey, you know, people have their strengths, people have their weaknesses. I got mine. You know, but uh, just from that aspect, Evan, what of is it, it this year? What did they restructure it to this year then? Okay, so when you do with the restructure, yeah. So what happened was for this upcoming year, the reason why it's only a million dollars is because they took off, let's see here. Okay, they took off $3.25 million off this year um, to get it that low. 
And that restructure is spread out over the next three years. So it's $3.25 million restructured 2022, 23, 24, and 25. That's what freed up the uh, money of $5.5 million this year. So this year, McCaffrey's cap hit is only $8.7 million. And what is it next year? All right, next year, that's when it goes up. But so does the, the salary cap because of the TV contracts. So in 2023, his base salary will be $11.8 million with a cap hit because of the bonuses and the restructuring of $19.5 million. That's what I thought I saw. Okay. Yep. So 2023 and 2024 is going to be $19.5 million with McCaffrey. Then it drops down um, in 2025 down to 15.4. Uh, now, as far as his dead cap hit after this year, it goes down. Um, in 2023, his debt cap is 18.3, 2024, 10.8, and in 2025, it's only 3.2. Mm-hmm. So, again, for those that saying the Catholic's contract been killing us, no, it hasn't. <laughs> it really hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think I was just more talking about the dead cap um, last season and then the season before just because of the extension. But, yeah, the I mean, I was kind of – I wasn't aware of the – the low number hit, um, I guess, as low as it has been um, with with, it, with that extension added on towards the end of the contract, I guess. But the uh, the cap hit this past season and the season before was pretty high, right? Uh, the dead cap hit, if they were to, like, trade him or release him or whatever. Yeah, if they would have released him out of his rookie contract in 2020, then, yeah, you know, rookies, it would have been 32.7. Uh, when he signed his extension, if you would have released him, it would have been 33.5. Uh, now this year his cap hit would be 26.9 okay, or whatever. So, um, so yeah. And then, like I said, these injuries, even though they're annoying as fans, these are like fatigue freak injuries. Like, like, you know, when you look at what Dalvin cook has went through, Saquon Barkley, even as Panther fans, we'd like, so what about the other guy who just were about hours? McCaffrey is, hasn't been nowhere near as with the severity of injuries as other top tier running backs um, have gone through, like look at Alvin Kamara last year, you know, um, and then, you know, he's got that legal trouble that he's facing. So um, I know a lot of people don't maybe follow outside of the Panthers, but I think a lot of this McCaffrey stuff is frustration, but it's blown more out of proportion of what it is as far as injuries and his salary. If you really want to be open-minded and look at the whole, you know, all the factors that's involved. So, Kevin, were you a fan of him being on the trade block then? Hell no. No. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, I, You know, for one, I already knew the salary cap, so that would just be hell to try to put it out there. Um, I get it when Scott Fitter says, you know, hey, I'm in on every deal, and, uh, you know, pretty much no one is untradeable. I get that. I mean, as a GM, you always want to look to see what possible ways you can approve. So, I can understand it, but I also knew the the risk of it becoming anything. Reality is very is very minimum. So I was glad that the Panthers put it out there that they are not looking to trade uh, Chris McCaffrey. You know these you know fake sources putting out oh to the Buffalo Bills or uh, I saw one Kansas City Chiefs. Well, let's talk about free agents because there was a few that dropped since we we did our last episode. Panthers signed Bradley Bozeman the center and guard from Baltimore. They got Johnny Hecker from the Ravens, the punter, um, Matt Ioannidis, the defensive tackle from the Washington commanders. 
Corey Littleton, linebacker from the Raiders, and then also Damian Wilson, another linebacker who most recently played with the Jaguars. This kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts. Um, I'll start here quick on Bozeman. I think I think he's a really good addition. Um, I talked to a Baltimore fan at my work who's who watches every game, and I asked him about him. I said, what, what's your thoughts on Bozeman? He said, he was the only one who wasn't an issue on the Ravens offensive line. So that's kind of what we're getting out of this guy. He seemed like he was a solid guy. A lot of people around the league, from what I was reading, um, thought Carolina got him pretty cheap. Thought he was going to fetch a little bit more. Um, and then if you were reading some of the tea leaves of Darren Gant stuff, from at least from what I was reading, um, Bozeman's excited to play next to, I don't know if anyone saw this, but next to, um, Corbett, which is interesting because if you're thinking Bozeman's going to play guard instead of center, um, I don't think that's the case. I think this guy is coming in to take over for elf line unless they move something around and Christensen's playing left tackle and they need a left guard and whatever else. But I thought that was interesting that he is planning. He, he said he was excited to play next to Corbett. So anyway, just something to keep an eye on. I think that's a really great signing and finally some good interior offense alignment. I think both of those guys, both Bozeman and Corbett are going to be, they're going to be outstanding for this team. I was, I'm hoping Carolina can lock him up. Um, Bozeman seemed pretty excited to move to Carolina. He said um, he liked everything about Charlotte he would potentially like to make this place his home for a long time. That's, that's good shit to hear. I mean, that, that's the stuff you want to hear from the guys coming in. Um, hopefully that doesn't change once he gets, gets involved with the team and the coaches and everything else. But um, I'm pretty excited about him. And uh, I don't know too much about Matt Ioannidis. I know he's, uh, he's uh, played at Temple. Um, I'm excited to see these linebackers. I feel like, Carolina needs improvement there with Jermaine Carter. I didn't think he was that great last year. And then Johnny Hecker, he did all right last year. I feel like he took it. He, he went down a little bit with his average yards per punt. I was looking up, um, but I definitely think he's an improvement over what they've had. So I'm excited to see him. A lot of Super Bowl guys coming to this team. A lot of guys that have experience or Super Bowl champions, which is interesting too. But just to get your guys' thoughts on them. Sorry, I'm long-winded there. <laughs> oh, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Um, I really like the uh, Damian Wilson signing a lot. I think that he's going to be a, a really underrated guy uh, coming in and um, taking over for, you know, that Jermaine Carter role or uh, uh, wherever he may be. But, uh, you know, it's a guy that had 106 tackles, three sacks and an interception um, last season. Um, who was a bright spot on the Jaguars defense. Uh, so I think that he'll be an upgrade at that position for us. Um, obviously, the offensive lineman, you know, it, this is a team that struggled mightily last year on the offensive line, uh, if not the worst in the league, one of the worst in the league. Um, so you get a player like Bozeman, who has experience at guard and at center. Um, I think he's he started 48 games past three seasons, Uh for the Ravens uh, in two years at left guard, and then he slid in the center this past season. Um, and then he uh, had a pretty good grade, uh, pro football focus, take it for what you will. But I think he graded out at like a 73. So um, Bo Bozeman's a really good signing. And it just seemed like he wanted out of Baltimore because like you mentioned, Curtis, that contract was so low 
um, everybody was shocked at, you know, how cheap they could get him. So um, like that signing a lot. Then um, I've mentioned on Twitter just a couple of times how Johnny Hecker can really be a weapon um, for, for a team when you have a punter that can pin balls inside the five and um, just flip field position, especially for a team that struggles on offense, having a punter that, that can do that is definitely something that you need. Um, so yeah, Hecker has slipped, um, you know, as he's gotten older, which happens at every position normally, except for Tom Brady at quarterback. And, um, you know, I, like you said, Curtis, he is an improvement over, uh, any punter we had last season. So, um, with the new special teams coordinator, Chris Tabor, and you got Zane Gonzalez resigned and you got Johnny Hecker coming in. I think that the special teams is going to make a huge jump this off season. Um, in their play for the Carolina Panthers. So that's something to be excited about. And then Littleton, you know, depth. He struggled with the Raiders past two years, uh, three years, whatever it was. Um, but when he was with the Rams, he was, you know, uh, I think w- when we played the Rams, he was the one that forced a fumble on DJ Moore and, you know, was arguably the best player on the field when we played. So um, Littleton will, will be a good uh, depth piece, I think, as well. Kevin. Okay. Well, for me, um, you know, you know, guys, you know, guys, how much love the linemen. So I, I'm, I agree with everything you guys have said about the, uh, about the line, especially with Bradley Bozeman. Uh, just to share some, you know, insight here. Why everybody's like, why so many one year deals? It's called betting on yourself. Um, if you, if y'all guys remember, Hassan Reddit took a one year deal for $10 million. He performed, outperformed it and he ended up getting three years, $45 million with the Eagles. So when you bet on yourself, which a lot of these guys are, because like I said, their agents know what this, how much more salary cap is coming down to pipe the next few years to thanks to TV contracts. And with us, you know, starting out tight with under the salary cap, but now believe it or not, after this McCaffrey structure, we're now the number one team with the most frequency um, and f- number one team with the most salary cap left at 29.5 million. So to go from the bottom 10 to number one, you know, shout out to uh, shout out to um, Samir Suleiman, the Carolina Panthers capologist. I know a lot of fans may not know of him or really understand how what a great job he does. But he's one is putting these contracts in and making them very team friendly, but also give the players a chance to earn their money as well as, you know, the great compromise. So shout out to him. Um, but, yeah, uh, just some other phrases that you guys didn't touch that I like. Uh, I know you say you know much about Matt Ioannidis. He's someone that can he, – he can take over the Morgan Fox role, but he's more talented. You know, he could play both uh, defensive tackle and DN. Um, he's definitely someone that plays with a nastiness. Uh, he plays with great leverage. Um, he's someone that I think definitely will be a nice uh, rotational piece um, here. Now, the struggles with Corey Littleton, um, you know, the defense that he was in up under – uh, and with the Rams was up under Wade Phillips. You know, Wade Phillips likes to run the 30 front, the 3-4. You know, when he went out to the Raiders, it was more of a 4-3. And uh, he was just kind of out of position, wasn't used uh, effectively. So that would explain his struggles with the Raiders. Uh, you know, with us being hybrid with ours, you know, running both 30 and 40 fronts, I definitely think that he'll have a chance to really, um, really stand out and really, uh, really add. So, you know, you now got Shaq Thompson, Damon Wilson, and Corey Littleton at linebackers now. Um, that's that's a very nice core to go to war with. Uh, 
Now, another signing that I like that I, I didn't hear you guys mention um, was Xavier Woods to safety. Um, I think that is a huge sign. Oh, we talked about Woods, Kevin. Come on. We talked about him last week. But, yeah, go ahead. Talk about Woods for us. Well, you didn't like me last week to invite me, so that's why I didn't find out. <laughs> just playing, just playing. But yeah, but uh, but with Woods, um, we're talking about a free safety naturally, but um, he's interchangeable. Um, you know, he's the one that can make plays when the ball is thrown deep in the air and uh, and to go up and to either get a deflection or an interception. Um, that's something that he did when he was in Minnesota, something he did when he was with Dallas. So uh, I think getting him was definitely – Definitely, um, definitely a, a good move for us. And also, I just like a couple of uh, players that we retained. Um, I like the fact that we kept Marquise Haynes. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, he's someone that came in out of Ole Miss at only 235 pounds, you know, put on like 10, 15 pounds. And he's someone that's very stout and solid against the run while still being able to pass rush. So I'm glad that we were able to uh, to uh, retain him. Uh, but I definitely think it's uh, Util Gross Maddow's time to step up and shine with mm-hmm. Hassan Reddick leaving. I think mm-hmm. um, I think this is this is his time to shine. But um, uh, I definitely like the fact that we kept our kept Marque, uh, Marquise Haynes uh, in the rotation. But so overall, I would give this free agency class a strong B plus. Um, here, if we can, um, and they ain't and, done yet. They got money to spend. You talked about it. they got money yet. Yeah, and, and we brought back Dante for cheap. Did y'all see his contract? Yeah, you were jumping ahead on me, Kevin. <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we're going to talk uh, about Dante. We can talk okay, about okay. him now. Let's talk about him now. No, no, no. I got a question for uh, Kevin real quick on just uh, sure. some other potential. I know you're the offensive lineman guy, so um. You know, there's been talk of of uh, Dwayne Brown and um, I I guess Eric Fisher some uh, mm-hmm. at left tackle. Um, what are your opinion on those two guys at left tackle? Um, I think either one of those guys would definitely be a good a good solid fit for us. Uh, I know the first thing people saw was the age and started immediately dissing like 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 don't do that to yourself because if that's the case, Andrew Whitworth. You know, who's a Super Bowl champ, by the way, at the age of 40, who played left tackle. You know, he got signed with the Rams when he was 36 and played at a very high Pro Bowl um, level. So just looking at um, with the with Dwayne Brown, you're looking at a very similar situation. Yeah, he's 37. But he and again, like you said, take it for what it's worth, pro football focus. Um, he graded out around 89 uh, just two years ago. Um, not sure what happened. Uh, he dropped down to like, I believe a 75 this past year, but if you take a 75 grade for a left tackle for the Carolina Panthers. When the last time we've seen one of those, but Jordan gross, <laughs> you know, maybe, um, so, um, but yeah, Kevin, does, does Brown or Fisher fit the downhill running attack that? Um, McAdoo and Matt Rule want around. What what one fits better there? Hmm. I'm gonna get an edge to Brown on that. If we're gonna be run, running punching in the mouth, uh, give me Brown for that. Not that Fisher isn't capable. Um, it's that uh, you know, Fisher is um, he may be a little bit more better pass blocker. 
And Brian, like you honestly, you couldn't go. It's like it's like they each one of them strength is the other's opposite weakness. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So with Brown, you got a better, you got a uh, very good um, run blocker and maybe like a solid average pass blocker versus with uh, Fisher, you got a very good pass blocker and an average run blocker. So either one of them, I think would be a good fit. But if we're really truly going to try to be a more ground and pound and, you know, mixing this West Coast passing, um, give me um, uh yeah, give me um, give me Dwayne Brown because he's played in that type of system before. Yeah, I thought so. I just wanted to ask you on that. Talk about other possibilities. Trey Boston tweeted this out the other day and then snubbed us all. Um, but he was talking about a safety Carolina was going to go after, and it it looks like he revealed it was Jerron Curse. He ended up with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, but Trey was saying that the team is looking to try to slide Jer- Jeremy Chin back to that more in the box type role. Are there any players out there now that are available that could kind of fit that and kind of allow chin to move into the box more? I'm just, I I was trying to pull up the list before just to see, but any thoughts on that guys of any guys that we could, cause that, that is interesting. If they could find two safeties in free agency and you get Jeremy chin in that line in that, you know, his role where he was as a rookie, I think could be really good for this defense. Uh, was that to me or Bryce? Just or? anyone, yeah. Just um, me personally. I I think the answer is could be on the roster with uh, Kenny Robinson. I know the season was a wash, but if you watch the last four games where he got significant playing time, um, he was making plays. He was getting hits on the ball, caused a few uh, balls to come loose. Um, I think he got like an interception, got his hand on a few balls. I've been a Kenny Robinson fan since he got drafted in 2020. But as far as free agency goes, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is the uh, is the Honey Badger still available? Or did he get signed? Honey Badger's out there. I think he's yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love him there. I love him in Carolina. I think yeah, we all. He's would. also hybrid because you know he's. I think they did a breakdown. Like he's played both safeties. They even used him as a dime linebacker before, slot corner. Uh, he even got some reps as outside corner. So he would be the ultimate chess piece. And with the Phil Snow defense, you know, guys like that, he would just have a field day, um, you know, with using. So yeah, that would be my yeah. So that that would be my uh, free see guy if we uh, go out. Like I said, we definitely got the money. Yeah, <laughs> to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, Jabril Peppers would be interesting uh, back there. Where uh, where was he last year? I think it was with the Giants, right? Giants? I, yeah, I you're right. That sounds that sounds about right. I, I yeah, because he, he was got... involved with the uh, Odell Beckham trade, wasn't he? Because wasn't he start off with yes. Cleveland and then he was part of the trade? Yep. 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 Oh, so. And they cut him. And, you know, he's only 26 years old. Uh, and Yeah, he's young. He's He's been good. Um, I don't know, if, you know, if he's been great, but uh, I think that putting him on the defense with Jeremy Chen moving up to the box could be a great combination. So, um, you know, there's people out there for sure still, and, and like you guys mentioned, the Honey Badger um, would be a great. God, can you defense. guys imagine that? Take out yeah. Honey Badger. That 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 would be crazy. But I, I think there was reports that you know Carolina wasn't interested, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. But um, probably, I would say. Cap wise, number wise, uh, contract wise, he wants you know, he's earned uh, a big contract and you know, he played great in Kansas City and he probably wants to continue making what he was making, so or make mm-hmm. more probably. So, 
uh, I think that he's probably holding out for a contract like that. Kevin, do you think the Panthers, I think I saw something on this, uh, on the four man rush today, but you think the Panthers are holding out on these friend, uh, these free agent left tackles until closer to the draft. So they don't reveal their hand. But then I also feel like this is just a crazy ass theory when there's these crazy trades going on. And if that is the case that they're trying to kind of hide under the table, that they're going to sign a free agent left tackle. Cause that might show their hand of what they're going to go in the first round. Why the hell aren't they making one of these signings during the Tyree kill mess? The, uh, the any of these wild ass trades that have happened over this past week, the, the, uh, Devonte Adams going to the Raiders. I feel like that was the time to kind of slip that under the rug when that shit was going on. But I just want to know your thoughts on that. Cause I feel like they have the money to go out and get a left tackle. And I don't know what the hesitancy is there. Yeah. I, I think they're just trying to play a little chess uh, because obviously they would have more insight than us. As far as like the temperature of these guys getting signed. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, we're still, you know, still trying to work something out to bring back, you know, Stephon Gilmore, believe it or not. Uh, it's between us and the Raiders uh, for him. And if anyone follow his wife on Twitter, she definitely wants to stay in Charlotte. <laughs> you know, his wife is, uh, <laughs> she's a very entertaining person on Twitter. If you ever, um, well, I can't think of her first name off the top of my head, but uh, just type in Stephon Gilmore's wife, Twitter, and it'll pop up and um, follow her. She definitely is a uh, highly entertaining. Gabrielle? I think that's yeah, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, she's it. A, so, she's uh, a fun one to watch, that's for sure. And then you know, and when you think about that, I mean, think about trotting out a secondary of JCC, uh, JC Horn, Stephon Gilmore, Tante Jackson, uh, and like, CJ that's your, that's your that's your nickel <laughs> defense right there. You know, and then if we go and then if we go dime, like I say, you could throw in a a CJ Henderson, a, a Keith Taylor coming back um, as well. I, you know, and, and you know, it's just, it just leaves a lot of possibilities. See, I didn't know they were still in the, in the market for Gilmore. I thought that was yeah. kind of over and done with. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, 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 it's basically between us and the Raiders as far as with him now. Uh, I don't know what's to hold up because obviously the Raiders still got some money too. Like why that, why they haven't pulled a trigger. So who knows what's going on behind the scene negotiation wise. Um, why other teams haven't swooped in to, you know, try to get a piece. Are they thinking maybe Gilmore is old after having an injury filled, you know, season. Um, Could he end up back with new England? That's what I think is interesting. Cause then they just signed a couple of corners. They could reunite in new England. I think there was, I think they just signed someone. That they like go of, but that's another. I think that would be too. I think that'll be too much pride because uh, him and Belichick didn't leave exactly on the best terms. Oh, that's fair. Okay, you know, um, you don't think that Rashawn Melvin signing today signals anything, Kevin? Um, I just think they're just trying to have as much depth as possible. You know, heading into camp because think about it. Uh, you know, still got Troy Pride, still mm-hmm. got Stanley Thomas Oliver who. Also, when got some reps last year, showed good as well. So I, I think by far this is our most deepest talented cornerback room we probably ever had in franchise history. Uh, yeah, you got to have depth. You don't want the JTIB shit happening like it did in training camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I and I and I hate that he's kind of been. Um, I we were all there for that. You were there, all three of yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I hope he gets another chance because he's actually a talented player. I just hate that they gave him sort of a black eye, like he's a dirty player. I mean, it was a bang bang play. I mean, I get it, player safety, but um, uh, like I said, like I like I tweeted, had that been Jeremy Chen, um, had did that, would he have cut him? You know, I just no, felt like was, that. Uh, we know I, that I there's different like he, there's different parameters for different people. That's right, that's the reality right. of it. But yeah. let's get into Dante's contract. We brought it up a little bit. Three years, 35 mil. I'm not the contract guy. Sounds like Kevin is. Um, and then they also, well, while we're talking about their own, they extended DJ Moore through 2025. Three Sorry. years, 61 mil, 41 guaranteed. Let's just talk about them a little bit. Bryson, I know you got some uh, some words for Dante Jackson. <laughs> you know, I, I, to be honest, you know, I'm just not the biggest Dante Jackson fan. Um but I think, you know, them having their cornerback one, J.C. Horn, on a rookie contract allows them to pay uh, Dante more than I personally think he's worth. Um, Dante Jackson is a solid uh, number two. Um, I hope that the team sees him that way and not as a one like he was last season. Um, Dante definitely made improvements last year, though. I'll give him that, uh, you know, tackling in the run game, coverage, everything, uh, and, and became a leader in the locker room uh, for our young cornerback room. Uh, so I just felt that the money could have used been, been used better elsewhere. Um, but Hey, I mean, we still got <laughs> a decent amount left. So um, I just wanted to see them invest as much as possible in the offensive line. And we still possibly can. So, um, you know, that's still on the table. Uh, I think Dante, you know, he loves being a Panther. Um, and I think, you know, the, the post he put out after, you know, resigning and how, how much he wanted to be here and, you know, wanted to continue his career here. You know, I, I'm, I'm happy he's back. Uh, I just, I'm just not the biggest fan of, of, of Dante. He just, with his injuries and, you know, coverage ability at times, it just, it just kind of, I, I just got frustrated, but I, I'm glad he's back really um, as, as a cornerback too, hopefully. And JC Horn stays healthy as cornerback one. That is a, that's a good pairing, um, you know, but in my opinion, Gilmore and J.C. Horn is, is a better pairing, and that's who I would have preferred over Dante. I know that age-wise, uh, you know, you, you can you can have that argument. Um, Dante is obviously younger, but um, but I, I like the Gilmore-J.C. Horn pairing a little better. And it sounds like Kevin, from what Kevin's saying, that's still a possibility, so we'll see. Kevin, what did you yeah. think of the Gilmore, the money? You're the cap guy, country Kev cap. You need to change your Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah but as far as his contract uh i, I think this is a good co- for a number two corner this was a this was a win for the panthers uh when you break down dante jackson's contract it's uh 35.18 million not even half of that is guaranteed uh it's only 16 million that's actually guaranteed so to get a number two corner for an average of 5.5 million dollars guaranteed a year for a number two corner, that's <laughs> that's a hell of a deal. Um, it, it breaks down his contract breaks down like this: he got eleven million dollars signing bonus. Now, what I like about this is since you brought up the injuries, uh, Bryson, this is something that I absolutely love. He's it's a it's a his contract is based on how many games that he plays, um, and he can get up to um, it says up to one point seven million dollars per game after active roster bonus annually. So basically, um, if he plays in every game, 
he's going to get uh, all 17 games. He's going to get an extra $1.17 million just because he played in 17 games. Um, and I think that's in the, that's that's why I say you have to really kind of understand these contracts. You have to kind of, you know, go through them and see what where the money is coming from. Only thing I'm concerned about is the guarantee because that's what counts against the salary cap. So, again, three years, $16 million, $16 million guaranteed. I'll take that for a number two corner, a solid uh, number two corner. Yeah, I see, Kevin. I don't understand half this shit. I'm glad you're here because <laughs> when I see this shit come out, it don't even make any damn sense to me. But um, <laughs> I'm glad you're here to explain it. DJ Moore, no one's talking about him. I brought up yeah. DJ Moore too. That's I, yeah. I like me some DJ Moore. That was a yeah. Good I'm 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 glad they resigned him and and from seeing from what the Jaguars gave Christian Kirk, they got a steal for DJ Moore. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm glad that you know they're keeping theirs and 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 paying DJ what he deserves. He's had putrid quarterback play throughout his career and put up back to back to back thousand yard seasons. Um, people want to go talk about touchdowns and stuff, but at the end of the day, um, DJ Moore has done the most with what he's had, and um, he's a he's a humble hey, guy. Fucking man, he's that. he's a good leader. Um, and he, he's he's a quiet guy, I'll say, but he seems like he's a good leader in the locker room. A, a guy that. You know the the wide receiver room looks up to. He's all you know. He's best friends with Curtis Samuel. He's best friends with Robbie Anderson, um, a guy that you know you want around your locker room. Um, and then obviously he's got the talent. He's a he's a number one receiver in the league. Um, and I don't I think anybody that tries to argue with you on that doesn't know football. So um, I'm I'm happy he's a Carolina Panther for a while. Yeah, it is rare to find a receiver that is as quiet and humble as he is. It yep. is fucking rare. It's ne- rarely happens on every wide receiver. The resume is you're a cocky son of a gun and you're very selfish. And that's just what comes with the position. And it's been that way for eternity in the NFL. But DJ Moore, it, he's different, man. And I don't need to get into what all you mentioned because he's, he's special and he's very underrated. He gets overlooked by a lot of people. And I'm glad they locked him up. I think DJ Moore could be Debo Samuel if this coaching staff or any coaching staff he's had could could use him in that way. Like he's his run after the catchability and just with the ball in his hands. Like we've seen it as Carolina Panther fans, he can make people miss. He doesn't go down easy. He's elusive, fast. Like he could be Debo Samuel. Like if we had an offensive mind like Kyle Shanahan, he could be Debo Samuel. Kevin, um, I'm I'm a big fan. I've I've always admired DJ Moore. Uh, you talking about quarterbacks? Here's a fun fact for you guys: since starting his senior year at Maryland up until now, how many different quarterbacks have DJ Moore caught a pass from? You guys gonna love this. One hundred. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say twenty five. <laughs> Um, it's actually 11. That, that's had a lot. Four different quarterbacks hit just his senior year alone at Maryland. Um, they had a rare case of injuries at the quarterback position. So, um, that's why they felt like his route tree coming in was so limited because, you know, they, they got third string and, you know, red shirt quarterbacks coming in to play. So he had four quarterbacks just his senior year alone. And then, you know, the seven quarterbacks since he's been here in Carolina, Cam, Kyle Allen, um, Tyler Heineke, um, you know, Teddy, PJ Walker. 
um, Sam Donald. I mean, my God. And, and for him to go through all that and take that low of a deal, like we're going to look back and realize how, how appreciative this is when you consider the type of uh, money. Like I say, Chris, you know, every owner is mad in the world at the Jaguars for paying Christian Kirk that money because they reset the wide receiver market tremendously because everybody was like, okay, if he's getting 18, I'm worth 25 and up. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, man. Pretty much. But uh, this contract is very friendly. I'm sorry, I was just saying, but this contract throughout is is still very cap-friendly for us. Um, Only 5% of the cap at $11 million uh, this year. Um, Yeah, like I said, I just like the way Samir Suleiman structured these contracts where players get their money, but the team gets their flexibility uh, when they need it. So I, I, I love it. Kevin, you say you got sources. Have you ever heard anything about Garoppolo? I've we've seen rumors, and I've seen people. I've seen Joe Person say it's not likely. Have you heard anything on the Garoppolo front? Um, yeah, we heard. Um, it's it's basically because we do our due diligence. We check on everything, but I mean, do you really want to trade for a quarterback that one is coming off a of surgery to his throwing shoulder? Two, that's going to take a $25 million cap hit in 2022. Mm-hmm. So that $29 million we got now, we traded for Jimmy, that is going to be gone. You know, and we don't even know if his, you know, how his shoulder is going to respond, um, you know, to that. Because when his shoulder was healthy, like y'all mentioned earlier, you know, he's missing wide open Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, I could do without Jimmy, um, Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I, I think he could definitely still be uh, an effective starter, um, you know, in this league. I mean, obviously, I thought he may have went and went to Indianapolis, but with them trading, getting Matt Ryan um, this week. Yeah, no, it seems Carolina is like the only likely spot if he goes anywhere. He might stay with the 49ers because who knows if Trey Lance is ready. <laughs> right. I think it would be smart to keep him, you know, and and, and – and I'm, you know, everybody's talking about what about Baker Mayfield, man? Hell no, I don't know damn Baker Mayfield, like no. Well, something to keep in mind. I was just looking up this date, April fifth of last year is when the Panthers traded for Sam Darnold. It was right after, I think it was like a week after. It was close to after Justin Fields' pro day. So if we're gonna, if yep. they're gonna even consider a trade, I think it's gonna be around that time. Once Carolina gets a good eval on some of these QBs, they've got to see them up real close now at the pro days, um, really feet from them. And you, we've seen Matt Rule front and center, Ben McAdoo front and center, Scott Fitter there. I mean, every it's clear they're either blowing smoke up everyone's asses that they really want a quarterback or they're really interested in one of these guys. Where it's at now, let's do a little prediction. I don't like doing these, but fuck it. Let's do it anyway. Right now, where, what is this? March 23rd, we're recording this episode. Where do you think the Panthers go at six right now? Not what you are hoping. Where do you think they go at six? And if you need some time with that, I'll start. Um, yeah, Go ahead and start, Curtis. Yeah, I... I I think they go Kenny Pickett. Um, the stars are aligning. They pretty much sent everyone there. Um, Matt Rule 
there you got to put some weight into Matt Rule recruiting him and him uh, committing to Temple and then backing out. Um, I feel like he fits the Ben McAdoo, Eli Manning type system. Um, I hate to bring this up, but I got to bring it up because Bryson <laughs> Bryson likes to mention this too. But you know, David Tepper has got a degree at Pitt. That's a, you know so. There's a tie there too. So you got the owner invested. You got Matt Rule, who has um, who had a commitment from him. I think he is the likelihood at six. And if that didn't give you guys enough time to think, you're too damn picky. <laughs> well, I think as it sits right now, um, I tend to agree with you. But uh, to, I just want to be different. So I, I'm going to say that I think they go best player available at six right now. Um, as it sits, I think that if the board falls, um, somebody trades up for Malik and then uh, I, one of the tackles are there, uh, Equal Ananlu or Evan Neal, um, those are the best players on the draft. That's who, that's who they're going to take. Uh, if the tackles are gone and Malik is gone in some weird scenario, then maybe they go like Kyle Hamilton as a safety or um, uh, a defensive end. Um, I think that that's definitely still a possibility of them going BPA there and, and um, getting a vet quarterback somewhere, somehow. Um, so I wouldn't rule that out. Fire away, Kevin. Um, for me, it, like I said, it just also depends on how the board falls. Um, I'm going to be paying attention what happens at number two with Detroit and number five with the Giants. Um, just for the fact that you know, Detroit, uh, even though um, Detroit has Jared Goff, that's still just Jared Goff. Um, you know, I don't know how much of their contingent was there for the pro days for Detroit because we don't follow them. But uh, if for whatever reason Malik Willis is not there and Kenny Pickett is, I think we would go with Kenny Pickett at uh, six. Now, just to play devil's advocate, let's just say Malik Willis goes to Detroit at two and Somebody jumps ahead of us at five and drafts, you know, um, Kenny Pickett, then it's automatically Evan Neal, um, the tackle. And then I will guarantee you the minute we, we draft him, since we don't have no day two picks, we probably would end up re-signing likely Cam Newton the day after because our chances of getting any quarterback in round four that's worthy is probably going to be – uh, long gone because that's it where it stands right now. Once we draft at six, we're not drafting again to pick number 137 on Saturday. <laughs> you know, and I'm gonna be out there in Vegas going to the draft, so it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna be either happy yeah, we or we didn't pissed. talk about that, and I'm pissed <laughs> that we didn't. I, I don't think there's any way that they don't have a day two pick. I think Fitterer is gonna do whatever he can to get a day two pick. Like I cannot see them sitting around waiting until round four. I just can't see that happening. But see, here's the thing though. Here's what I'm thinking though. But with rule, do you really want to touch any 2023 picks? Because if rule is gone, whether it's mid season, cause we have heard some people say McAdoo takes over out of the middle of the season. I've heard those fan, those are fan rumors though. Mm. Or if, if we just shits to bed and, and Tepper had enough and he, um, you know, gives them the can. I mean, don't you want your new coach to have a full assessment of draft picks along with the very favorable seller cap? Like, it would behoove Matt Rule to what give about a program. player, though. 
Like what if they deal, what if they deal a player in the draft? Um, that's Robbie comes to mind. Oh, they restructured him, didn't they? Yeah, they restructured him. So yeah, he's um, he's like, good. If you've been yeah. restructured, yeah, those 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 are off the uh, those are off. Never mind. That was uh, the only the one table. that came to mind off the top of my head. <laughs> um, but um, no, that's a good point. That's a val. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah, because the Panthers in twenty twenty three, as projected, if I'm not mistaken, are going to have about a hundred and five million dollars in salary cap available. Um, and from previous deal, I think we might have about eight draft picks mm-hmm. um, as well. So, I mean, if I'm Tepper, I'm telling Fit and Rule, look, whatever pitch I got, you know, make it work with this because, um, you know, I can't predict who's going to be here a year from now, mm-hmm. you know. And I'll say this. I know you guys didn't want to touch on but I was I was telling some friends, had Ruben fired and we fired Brian Flores, I bet you we would have got Deshaun Watson. Oh yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, <laughs> I think they got. Better. I think they would have got Watson if they would have guaranteed the money too. But they didn't want to do that. Tepper didn't want to do that. I don't blame them, but I feel like they would have gotten him. I really do. Yeah. Any, I think anyone who offered that shit, the the Wake Forest Demon Deacons could offer that, and he'd have went there. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's oh, true. Man. I think that, you know, it definitely would have been a higher possibility of, of him uh, coming to Carolina with Brian Flores as head coach. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I mean, he, but, hey, he could be here next year. You never know, man. Yeah, true. Very true. Yeah. He's only the linebacker coach for the Steelers, so it wouldn't be it wouldn't be hard at all to get a get in because, you know, with the current Rooney rule, you know, he's going to be probably the candidate, you know, picked around in spite of his continued, you know, lawsuit around the league. But um, Yeah, yeah. Well, gentlemen, let's end it there. Kevin, I want to thank you again for coming on last minute again, but I appreciate it. We appreciate you here at Panthers on Tap. Go give Kevin a follow on Twitter at 4MR underscore Country Kev. Also follow 4Man Rush on Twitter. You guys put out a lot of great shit, um, and it's, it's, fun. it's fun collaborating with you. We do appreciate it. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um... Uh, not only the energy you guys put and and the knowledge, but it's uh, it's just always good to talk football with fans that you don't have to water down the content to get an understanding. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, and go Tarios, baby! Beat UCLA. Oh no! Look, without a doubt, without a <laughs> doubt, I I say you know what? No, I'm gonna keep this this Carolina on the day. You know, <laughs> you know, and shout out to MLB. I know we're talking about football for getting the deal done because uh. I plan to go to Atlanta to see my Braves raise that banner on April the seventh. So <laughs> there you go, man. Oh, you and your Braves. Are you hey, a fan man. through and through, Kev? Are you jumping on that bandwagon? Negative, <laughs> negative. I was a Braves fan in '89 when they had uh, Charlie Lee Brandt, uh, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, and my long lost white cousin Steve Avery. So. <laughs> 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 oh, oh yeah man. john smoke so yeah i've been around these braids for a minute all right that's good to hear well i'm i'm happy that they got you your uh world series not really but we'll just go with it but kev seriously <laughs> thank you thank you again and we'll have to get you on before the draft all right now let's get to our draft picks of the week 
All right, Bryson. This week I'm drinking uh, one of Charlotte's own from Noda Brewing. It's a Valencia Citrus Ale, 5.1% alcohol. Um, wasn't a big fan of this one. It's It's got a hoppier aftertaste. Uh, it says, this citrus ale infuses robust and aromic cit- citra hops with tangy citrus zing of Valencia orange peel for a light, refreshing brew that would that leaves you with a clean, zesty mouthfeel. <laughs> that is a mouthful, too. Um, <laughs> cool can. Wasn't my favorite beer, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how. I don't know if you'd like this one. I can't. It, I think you should try it, but it's just not for me. Yeah, I like I like citrus beer, so I'm definitely going to give it a try. Uh, never know I might like it, so... Um, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Uh, I'm drinking a beer called the Virginia Beer Company. Uh, well, th- that's the brewery, obviously. The beer is called Saving Daylight. Um, it is a brewery in, see if I can find the town. Oh, Williamsburg, Virginia. So um, it is a citrus wheat ale brewed with grapefruit and orange peels. Um, it's 4.9% alcohol uh, content. Um, and it says we balance grapefruit and orange peels with whole cone. Uh, centennial hops for a crisp, flavorful, and easy drinking take on American wheat ale. Um, I like it a lot. My sister picked it up for me when she was out there in Williamsburg. Uh, it's, a, it's a good beer to drink. Um, just you know, hanging out, um, chilling, talk, talking sports. So uh, I recommend it um, if you're out that way. Pick, pick you up a six pack of it and give it a try. Sounds good. Well, we want to thank everyone for listening to our episode on Panthers on Tap. You can catch us anywhere you listen to your podcast go give us a follow on twitter at panthers on tap for all analysis and your breaking news and as always 